welcome to the Moonshine Jesus Show. We are certainly thankful that you are joining us for today's episode. We'll be looking at Loki Season 2. A little quick reminder, though, we are sponsored by ProgressiveChristianity.org. We encourage you to go check out all the goods over there. Matter of fact, they have a new website up. It's looking great, a lot easier to navigate. I think you'll appreciate it. Yet another reason to go check them out. Also, make sure that you're following the Moonshine Jesus Show on Facebook and, uh, you know, subscribing to us in all the places you get your podcast. And finally, a nice warning that we, Caleb and I, love spoiling shows and we intend <laughs> to do so today is that not correct caleb we love to spoil shows we're not Absolutely. happy if we get out of here and we haven't spoiled the show it feels us. like we've missed an opportunity it really, <laughs> does. Right. It really does right. speaking of opportunities it's the perfect opportunity to have a lovely drink or two as we talk about this show and i'm curious we have done loki at least twice already Yes. I'm curious what uh, drink you've decided to go with on the third. Have you repeated? Have you come up with a new one? What direction did you go on? So I know that last time we both had takes on bourboned with uh, glorious Indeed. purpose. And yes. so I decided to go a different way this time. I was inspired well, by, by Loki's colors and uh, yes. by uh, the prominence of key lime pie throughout the season oh, and the color really? of key lime pie. So I don't have a key lime pie cocktail, but I do have a Loki colored cocktail. So white green with Midori lime juice, lemon juice, and soda water to celebrate <laughs> Loki. How about you? What are you drinking? Well, I'm having a Loki colored drink. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> with melon liqueur and lemon, lemon juice, lime juice, vodka, absinthe, and a little a little soda water as well. Mm -hmm. Popularly known as a Loki. So cheers to you, I sir. I love it. Cheers. Looking forward to a fun show. And we'll catch you all uh, right after this quick break. Welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show, where today we are talking about Loki Season 2, and we have now completed all of the episodes. Just in case you have missed the Loki train, here's what it's about. Loki, the series, takes place after the events of Avengers Endgame, in which an alternative version of Loki, a variant, creates a new timeline, and he is ripped out of that timeline by the TVA, the Time Variance Authority, uh, which is struggling to contain the multiverse into one singular timeline so that they won't have a multiversal war. And in this season, we see lots of new things, including new characters. We see some time slipping and other factors that make this a very unique season. So, Mark, what was your impression yeah. of Loki sing season two? Did you like it? Uh, did did you not? What what did you think of it? Yeah, I really enjoyed season two. I, I liked a lot of what went on in it. I think that this episode six, the final episode, really made it just took it way over the top. That was probably one of the best 
television episodes of MCU that's ever been made. It was just brilliant. Uh, there were some parts that I thought could have been done better, like um, Renslayer. I felt like this was a lost opportunity to develop a character that was really interesting, and they just kind of Renslayer kind of fell off to the side. Where, yeah, where's Renslayer? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we get that last at the end of the show. Right show we do get a sea rinse layer but there was we learned so much about so many of the characters we lost that and even miss minutes i felt like we didn't get a lot of character development what i would love to have seen there but in general i absolutely loved it i loved the themes i loved the way they played with time i liked the character development of loki from the start of the the season to the end of the season and watch his development there uh going from sort of selfish to self-sacrificing it was brilliantly done and brilliantly played and of course, his uh, interaction with Mobius was always fantastic. It kept you engaged. Yes. Kind of the perfect cop buddy movie mm-hmm, partnership. Mm-hmm. It was just yep. lovely, lovely. So in general, I really liked it. What What about you? I did too. And I agree. It's fun to see Loki in different uh, circumstances. And it's fun to, to play around with, you know, different versions of characters and to see what might happen if their experiences were different in ways that they might, they might grow and change. Uh, and so I, I, I liked uh, that over the course of the season as well. I especially liked the episode where they went back in time and uh, got to meet Victor Timely. I thought that episode was a lot of fun. And I thought it was fun that we saw the tie-in to the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania post-credit scene with Victor Timely. So Victor Timely was a variant of Kang, and he was an interesting part of this season. Tell me, what did you think of the, the Kang variant and the way that he was used? I liked the Kang variant. Um, There were some acting choices that I could have gone one way or the other about, but I love that we have what essentially was a good variant. We've been dealing a lot with variants that are either suspicious or not trustworthy or bad or whatever. I kind of love that we get probably the only time we're going to get a Kang variant that is actually a a positive, a good variant. Like Mm -hmm. he sacrifice himself he was willing to put himself out there in front of everyone to try to save the 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 time loom and all of that all of those things and and i i really enjoyed it uh and it was a a quirky fun different kind of character as well which which added to the enjoyment i think did did you enjoy him did you see him i did i think i think so i think pointing good no, I think I think he was he was good, and I think that uh, drives home the point we were talking about earlier that that it in many ways depends on what your circumstances are, how you turn out, and so I thought it was kind of fun to see Kang uh, turn into you know have this variant who who is good and who is yeah. positively contributing and trying to help make the universe a better place, and so I, right. I thought that 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 was fun so kang is interesting or he who remains or victor timely this this character (laughs) is interesting and one thing that we talked about last time but it's been a couple of months was whether or not that mcu which seemed like it was going to be pretty kang dependent in the future was going to have to pivot gears and so mark i know one of the uh the suggestions that that you had posited was that miss minutes might be a a part of that uh right thoughts on where the mcu is (laughs) with uh the actors uh yeah 
Clay's crying. Uh, I think that they are. I think that they very artfully set it up so they could go in either direction. The way that they closed that last episode out with them making the side comment of, "Oh yeah, well, there's another Kang variant on six one six that was doing some stuff, but that was handled pretty easily. It's nothing to worry about. That kind of gives them the simple, like, yeah, there were all these Kang variants, but because of the way everything has worked out, the TVA is able to work it out. Um, I think they want to bring him back, but I think when we last talked, it looked like there was a yep. lot of proof that Majors was not guilty of what he is being accused of. But since then, other stuff has come out, and it's like, I don't know. And I think the I think that Marvel is just kind of hedging their bets and waiting to find out. I think if he is involved, then we will get more mis- minutes. I think we'll get more Renslayer, and they will play very important parts and roles in this. Um, but I think that it'd be impossible to guess right now because I don't think Marvel themselves are 100% committed to go with him or to bring in a new big bad like Dr. Doom or someone like that. I don't think that they know yet. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure, though. I mean, do you have a strong feeling about it? I, no, I don't have a strong feeling. I think you're right. I think it's uh, kind of I, I feel like that's the state of the MCU in general right now is it's <laughs> like there was this big lead up all the way to Endgame. And it mm-hmm. feels like we've just been trying a bunch of things to see what works and <laughs> what, what <sticks>? doesn't. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, yeah. I guess in general, that's always kind of been a Marvel strategy. Uh, looking right. at comic books and things. But uh, but I, I think it's going to be interesting to see whether they're able to continue the same kind of momentum they've had over the past uh, decade and a half. Uh, so I think that, that will be oh, absolutely. Very, very interesting to see if that comes yeah. together. So Mark, this whole show is kind of about containing the multiverse uh i'm curious did you find yourself throughout the course of the season rooting for the tva to be able to contain the multiverse into a single timeline or did you find yourself rooting for the multiverse to expand i was definitely rooting for the multiverse to expand i think it's more of a reflection of what reality probably is um, I think it's more exciting. I don't like the idea of people controlling outcomes and timelines to a point that there's no free will, um, which, by the way, just there and the point about Kang, you've already stolen two of my possible yes! questions. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> two, two, two of my make my look, yes. make me look stupid questions involved oh, those right. two things. Good. So you're already you're you're well on your way. Um, you might you might hit an all time record today. I hope not because I only have four <laughs> questions. I'm down to two. We'll have to see. Uh, but <laughs> but anyway, that's my take. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I, so Loki throughout most of the season was trying to, was rooting for the TVA, trying to get the TVA to contain yeah, the timeline absolutely. and stuff. And so I was, Loki, why are you doing that? No, we want the, we want the multiverse. And so I, yeah. I thought it was uh, significant that towards the end we saw, saw that move. Watched that him progress well. through the point right. that he, and, and given that he twisted into a tree, he doesn't just, allow it to happen he nurtures he becomes it. and yeah he becomes, becomes part, part of, of it yeah and he's the nurturing part of encouraging its growth that way i think is brilliant yeah so i love the visual of it i did too i thought that was great and i think it speaks to your point that we saw him grow and change over the course of the season which i mm-hmm. i thought was a lot of fun too because 
you didn't really know where the season was going to go, what was going to happen, mm-hmm. where we were going to end up. So, um, so I agree. I thought that that was quite a bit of fun. So did you have any other uh, favorite parts of the season, Mark? Did anything else stand out to you as something that you really enjoyed? Uh, for absolutely no reason other than I just thought it was really good banter and uh, really good visuals. I loved when they went back to the 70s uh, uh-huh. and we had and we had uh, oh, yeah. uh, which I can't remember Hunter. One of the Hunters. Yeah. B5. One of the hunters, okay. Yeah. I, I think that's right. Uh, went back and he became a, a big movie star and they had to go back and try to capture. I thought that was a lot of fun. I think that kind of to your point of when they went back to the fair and everything, I think uh-huh. the times that they go backwards in time, they almost have more fun with it. And it, it's, uh-huh. it's a, I really enjoy that. I also love the dichotomy that they set up this season between uh, Sylvie and Loki because they're mm-hmm. variants of each other. And yes. Sylvie, all she wants to do ultimately is be left alone. Like she <laughs> goes to a, a odd alternative timeline and gets yeah. a job at McDonald's. She just wants to be left alone. <laughs> and Loki discovers that in Oklahoma, in, in Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Mark, right. McDonald's in Oklahoma. Even, yes. <laughs> and there's even the shot of her out in a field, open field, all by herself. I mean, it's, it, yeah. there's not much more visual of being as isolated and alone as you can be as that is. And they do that alongside of Loki's journey to discover that all he really wants is to be with his friends and to be with folks. And so I kind of loved the way they played them off of each other as the same character, at least variants of the same character, each wanting something different and mm. and, and coming honestly at that. I, I, I liked what that said about, about humanity, even though they're not human, but about life in general. Um, I really liked that kind of setup, but in, I, I could I could go through a list of things. Honestly, I, I thought they did a lot of brilliant pieces in um, in the season that that all I found fascinating. What what was what stood out for you? Yeah, I agree. I think the time travel stuff was a lot of fun. I would love to see more of that uh, if we get a next season. Yeah, uh, I, please, I, please, I think please I, give us another season. Yes, please. I, and I, I thought that was a lot of fun. I would love to to see that. Uh, I thought uh, Kihei Kwan was uh, oh was gosh, great uh, as as Obi. Uh, I thought yeah. that that this was a great example of how you can add a character and it not be just a mark of death for a series. This is somebody who came along and really enriched the series, explained things that were happening uh, in uh, kind of an unfathomable situation as he helps uh, contextualize all of that for us. And, uh, and, and he was, he was a lot of fun. So I know we had talked uh, last time about how, how much we appreciated seeing him. I think it was fun to see, uh, you know, uh, you know, Asian Americans uh, come more into the Marvel universe. We've seen Absolutely. some more of that, and I think that that is uh, significant. And one of the things that's been fun about seeing uh, some some more kind of episodic uh, stuff come come through. So, uh, uh, what else do you uh, what do you expect to see, Mark? If we get a season three, what would you like for that season three of Loki to look like? Hmm, that's a great question. I I, I guess I, I want to see it at first. I want to see the TVA get boring. I want mm. to see because Loki is there nurturing the timelines, they're all mm-hmm. just sitting around and 
and not really figure out their purpose. And then uh, I could see, because we saw a little of it this year, I could see a, a subgroup of the hunters decide that th this is not what this is supposed to be like and start to intentionally try to create uh, alternative timelines that are dangerous and a threat to all timelines so that they could justify their going and calling in timelines and cutting them off and uh, uh, um, um, disappearing people. What do they call them? Um, not disappearing them. But Pruning. Prune Pruning. them. Yeah, where yeah. they prune people. Uh, I think that could be a lot of fun, like kind of this almost espionage, like we're going to undermine everything that we're doing so that we can uh, get back to the, the kind of overly masculine like taking charge and forcing people to be things. I think that could be a lot of fun. Uh, and to watch how that impacts Loki as he tries to manage the uh, the timelines that he's now nurturing and growing and, and, and that. That's at least one thing I think could be a lot of fun. But I'd love to see them being pretty bored for a while. Um, <laughs> I just think that would be hysterical watching them. You know, they're managing all of time, but there's just nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like that. Uh, I think I would love to see them uh, get away from the TVA. I, I want to see what it would look like yeah. if the TVA kind of exploded, like like it did in this last season. But what, if yeah. it exploded and then they were living life without the TVA, what that would <laughs> what that would look like and how the characters yeah. would interact. And I, I think that would be a lot of fun. So hey, there's a lot to geek out about in this Absolutely. park, especially since we're both Marvel fans and would <laughs> love to tie this into oh, yeah. the MCU all day, I'm sure. But we also have to talk about the theology and politics of Loki. So That's why don't we take a quick break and come back and move into our Theopolitical segment. Welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. You're joining us for our Theo Politico segment. Uh, Caleb, so Loki's big line is, I am burdened with glorious purpose. Mm. And it's it's such an important line that the very first episode and the very last episode both are entitled Glorious Purpose. Mm -hmm. I'm curious. Something I thought hit me the other day. Do yeah. you think that in some ways, burdened by glory, glorious purpose could be understood as a theme of Christianity? And if oh. so, and if so, I'd like to know both what the healthy version of that would be and <laughs> what the unhealthy version that may even exist in the world already would look like as well. Sure. And uh, I, yeah, I think it can be. And uh, I think you're right. It can be both positive or negative. Uh, I do think it's interesting that Mobius says that most purpose is more burden, more burden, burden. than glory. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so uh, I, I think that that's, that's interesting. Um, but uh, look, I think that Christianity, when it's at its best, it's glorious purpose, uh, which we are supposed to be 
maybe not burdened with, but uh, but that we are the lightest the lightest version of the word burden, maybe. <laughs> that's right. That, that we are supposed to pursue um, is uh, is is love and equality and justice is basically the creation of the reign of God, the kingdom yeah. of God, in which we are letting God rule our hearts and we are creating a just society. And I think that's what Jesus spent the majority of his time talking about was how we get to that, what Martin Luther King Jr. called the beloved community. Um, but I think that that is not the glorious purpose that most American Christians are pursuing. I think yeah. most uh, glorious purpose that they are pursuing is like a, uh, uh, a salvation by a confession of faith in a white savior, Jesus, who never existed and is extremely uh, antithetical to the historical Jesus uh, or to the to the. The, the Christ of, of faith that we ought to be following. And so I, I think that that results in a lot of harmful action, yeah. <laughs> in, including, you know, thinking that one group of people is inherently right and other people are inherently wrong. I think it, it results in telling a bunch of people that if they don't believe exactly the way that you believe that they're going to hell. I think it imposes a, a lot of nationalism on mm -hmm. onto, onto mm -hmm. Christianity and Jesus. And so, yeah, I think <laughs> most Christians in America feel like they are burdened with glorious <laughs> purpose. Uh, and uh, their, their burden is really the burden for all the rest of us who have to put up with all their <laughs> crap uh, uh, every day and, uh, and call out the ways in which it is yeah. completely antithetical to the teachings of Jesus. What do you think, Mark? Do you think? No, I, exists? I, I am completely, I'm completely on board. I do think that, uh, the, and I do think the, the term burden with glorious purpose depending on how you define the words, is, is, is somewhat fitting because there is, to some degree, sacrifice, particularly for those who have some privilege in the world. There is some sacrifice. Some You could call it burden if you wanted to. It's not the word I would use, but I could see how it would fit. There is some sacrifice that needs to be made because of our places of privilege in order to help bring about social justice and change towards that social justice and the sacrifices we may need to make and the way we may need to lend our privilege to folks who have been marginalized in a way that will help their voice be heard. So I do think that's really important, but I definitely think that a majority of Christians, unfortunately, do see that they are burdened by a glorious purpose. And that glorious purpose is, of course, converting everyone to be much more like they are and they being <laughs> white, heterosexual, overprivileged, uh, and that they, they feel a great burden that they, that they must convert folks to this. So they won't go to this unbelievable hell thing that was created, unfortunately, and built off by Dante and all of the fun stuff that goes along with that. So I definitely think it exists on two sides, but I do think, that part of what you and I do and lots of other folks mm -hmm. that are friends of ours do is that we are also burdened with the glorious purpose of standing over and against that way of understanding humanity. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And it is part of bringing about social justice because that particular way of doing progressive of, of doing Christianity actually makes sure that there isn't any real justice and that 
uh, that there yeah. is a true equality. And so there is a real burden at this point, I believe. It goes along with having to stand over it against and confront folks like that. I mean, uh, just, <laughs> just this week, you made a post and I made a kind of comment on it uh, 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 that kind of like underscored and, and about what you're doing. And somebody just started going off on it <laughs> and actually came over to my personal page and then started like saying, uh, you, I, I I, I call you out in the name of Yahshua, and I like, I'm like, are you kidding me? Uh, oh. so Sorry to burden. impose that burden on you, Mark. I do think there's a lot of reality in that. All right, let's, we could have fun with that, but it's also a very serious topic. But let's move on to my next question that is much yeah. less about theology at all, mm -hmm. although I guess you could say it really is. So uh, in the show, Victor Timely has this sort of, yeah. when they go back in time, one of the scenes you were talking about, they go back in time, he has this incredible creation that, uh, has sort of like serious implications about time. And, you know, he comes across, particularly you see him as a kid and we see him starting to learn to, to experiment. I mean, he seems, he comes across as sort of a proud scientist, but then pretty quickly, ultimately he caves into capitalism and mm -hmm. sells it to the highest bidder. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if you can talk a, a little bit about the relationship between capitalism Mm -hmm. And scientific advancement, particularly as that advancement applies to the basic needs of humanity. Yeah, so I think one of the ways that we can see this pretty clearly is in vaccinations. So this is this is something that, of course, as we were talking about COVID vaccines and the amount of money that had to be poured into those to even develop the vaccines, and then as you know, certain people were wanting like the rights to the vaccines so that yep. they could capitalize on the the misfortune of the entire world to get rich. So right. I, I think that we see that with all kinds of medicines, for instance, there oh, yeah. is plenty of medicine for everyone in the world to have the medicine that they need. And oh, yeah. uh, certainly, you know, there are places all around the world where where people like a lot of people are dying from preventable disease and all yep. they need are like antibiotics and the fact that we hoard those things or that we don't make those readily accessible because we want to make money off of those <laughs> is extremely problematic i think the pharmaceutical industry in the united states yeah. is is one that is built on uh on uh on just sheer capitalism and and very little so concern for people. It's so built that's on just, monetizing. Just it's built on monetizing suffering. Monetizing suffering. That's right. I mean, you could argue our whole healthcare system is is built that's on fair. that in that's some fair. ways, and that you know we if, when, whenever we're causing people to go bankrupt because they can't afford insurance and they have to get their primary care from emergency rooms. That I mean, that is. Uh, that is a bankruptcy of morality. Uh, and so oh, I, I think we do see that in lots of places, though, in, in terms of scientific advancement, that there are some places that we have seen throughout history where people have tried to ensure that certain advancements are readily accessible. I think about, like, yeah, say, yeah. Uh, Volvo inventing the the safety harness, uh, the seatbelt, the three-point seatbelt, and refusing right. to, to trademark that. So that actual so everybody could be right. Everyone could be saved if they were in a car accident. But that is the exception, not the rule. 
that almost always what we see is companies trying to trademark every little thing, even whenever it is something that would save lives or enrich the lives of people. Those are some of the examples I can think of. What do you think, Mark? No, I completely agree. Uh, I I immediately thought of the the AIDS epidemic and the fact Mm -hmm. that we had the medicine and the cure, but it would cut to someone's bottom line. So particularly in Africa, it was allowed to run rampant when all we had Mm -hmm. to do was just get the medicine there. We could have stopped it. Uh, and we see that uh, we could we could go through a, a long list of ways that capitalism prevents the basic needs a, a, of the majority of, of of humans to get their needs met and to not have to suffer in ways that aren't necessary. Uh, and it's it's a shame that money has become that. I've got two more questions I really want to try to yeah. get to, so I'm going to sneak these in because we're running quick on out of time on this. So. In one of the episodes, Mobius tells Loki about a hunter, a particular hunter, who uh, paused when he was supposed to be going and uh, mm-hmm. pruning an eight-year-old boy. And he pru- this mm-hmm. eight-year-old boy, he was supposed to prune him because his variants were going to kill thousands of people. Mm-hmm. And when he pauses during that pause, variants start popping up and they start killing people. And another hunter, who happens to be Renslayer, comes mm-hmm. in and does prune the eight-year-old boy. I'm curious, just thinking through that scenario, is it ever okay to perform an evil act to prevent multiple evil acts from happening? And does that then balance the goodness, the evilness of the particular act out? Yeah, that's a that's a hard question to answer. And uh, and particularly I, the way I, I often think about that is like, say, in war, like is violence yeah. uh, is violence justifiable, say, to to prevent uh, more violence. I mean, that's one of the uh, so I think maybe a, a good example uh, to, is the dropping of the atomic bombs, you know, right. and to end the world Second World War was that. Uh, was that a justifiable act of violence by the U.S. government that essentially ended the war, but uh, but cost a bunch of innocent civilians their lives and uh, and even beyond that caused a great deal of suffering? And the United States yeah. was responsible for that. You know, uh, I think uh, I think that that is one of the things that is so difficult about being human is knowing uh, what exactly is acceptable and what isn't, What when is the right time to use yeah. violence and, and what isn't. And I think that's one of the ways, one of the examples in which it can be really easy to apply Jesus's teachings in theory and uh, a way that it can be really hard to apply them in reality. Right. <laughs> you know, like, you, you want to you want to love your neighbor, and what does it mean to love your neighbor? How is it that you love your, the most of your neighbors? So I walked all the way around your question and didn't answer it, Mark. Um, <laughs> I don't blame you at all. I don't blame you at all. I mean, <laughs> what it's do you a difficult think? question. What do you think? I think yeah. I, I I agree with you that it's a difficult question. I would I would roll back to that kind of classic question: If you could kill yeah. Hitler, would you kill Hitler? And you know, it's easy in hindsight to say yes, I would. But in yeah. the moment, you have to start going, what kind of moral assumptions are you making about what will happen? And what mm-hmm. you know, you're justifying the killing of someone by your anticipation of what might happen. 
yeah. um, and what you think mm -hmm. could happen. And that's a very difficult place to be. And I think that, that just war theory has to come into play here. And you have mm -hmm. to start saying, were all the steps taken before this happened? To Was it preventable? Was there other ways to do it? And if, if it gets to the point that you can really, truly go through and check all those off, which is almost never the case, then yeah. maybe you could say this was justifiable. It was unfortunate. It was justifiable. And it is both evil and good all at the same time mm -hmm. when, when you mm -hmm. arrive at that point. It doesn't really care. All right. I got one more quick question okay. that I yes. want to slide in here, even though we're really at the end of what we should be doing for this segment. So, But I can't ignore this because there is such a savior figure that's being created throughout mm -hmm. this season. And I see three different ways that Loki is being presented as savior. And mm -hmm. I'm just curious as to which one you feel like uh, maybe is the most appropriate. We have him as a savior where he literally goes back and tries to save he who remains. He realizes that if I can prevent him from dying, you know, so there is mm -hmm. the idea of a savior who's literally just trying to prevent deaths. Mm -hmm. um, then you have the savior who is sort of doing self-sacrifice, which we see the Loki mm -hmm. at the end. Um, but then we also have a savior who really, before that, he puts all this time and investment into learning and to and, into playing out scenarios and figuring out how to make the world better and doing it and do, saving through that method. Do you see any one of those particular methods standing out as what a true, quote, savior might be doing in, in terms of if we any of us hope to ever uh, play some role in, in, I hate to use the word savior, but in helping humanity towards a better future and saving it in that kind of way? Well, I think maybe even rolling on into one thing that like, mm -hmm. that, as, that as we're trying to, to make the world better, uh, as, uh, as Loki was ultimately trying to do to enrich the lives yeah. of everybody in the universe, that it required all kinds of effort. It required effort of, of trial and error. It required a lot of time. It required giving of himself. For instance, whenever he went through learning all the scientific right. technicalities of building yeah, the, yeah. the loom stuff, that it took centuries, right, for him to learn right. all the things. And yeah. so he tried, and then even after he put in all that effort, he poured his heart and soul and all his energy and time, it didn't even work. You know, it was right. just, uh, and it would be, it was so frustrating watching all that happen in the season. Yeah. You know, like I felt frustrated for Loki as I was going Absolutely. through that. I thought, that that is what a lot of life can be like. It can yeah. be like trial and error, uh, trying to fix things, and sometimes it working and sometimes it not working. And I mean, I think that's like what being a Christian is like a lot of times as we're trying yeah. to to be not saviors, but we're trying to follow in the footsteps of Jesus who who taught us how to kind of create a better world. Right. That that yeah. it's it's a a lot of continuing the effort, even when it's discouraging, fighting the systems, even when it seems like it, 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 maybe uh, they can't be changed. And so yeah. I, I actually kind of like all of those three variants yeah. of the Loki <laughs> rolled yeah. into one. What do you I think? Like what's your, I, what's no, your I like it. I agree with you. I think that uh, the important part is uh, in all of those is, I, I would say, humility, persistence, and sacrifice. 
that that is necessary in mm. the road there. I mean, you think of the, I, I'll finish this segment with kind of, I think the beautiful poetry of the season one and two of Loki is that Loki wanted to be a king where everyone bowed at his feet and he ended up being mm -hmm. a king who sat on the throne alone for the, for the glory of everyone else. Mm. I think that's a beautiful, beautiful message. And I, I love how they delivered it. We could go on and on and geek out over and over again about so many parts of this, but we need to move on. We've already overrun our stay on this segment, but let's move <laughs> on to our favorite, favorite segment, the make me look stupid segment. <laughs> Hey, welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. We are entering our final segment, the Make Me Look Stupid segment, where we either try to make our co-host look stupid or just ask a question that we're wondering about. Or in my case today, uh, I just want to ask a fun question that I, I'm curious about your perspective okay. on here, Mark. So one of the things that what we hear, one of the lines that I like here is, uh, all science is fiction until it is fact so mark i'm curious you're a big sci-fi fantasy yeah. fan i'm curious uh in all of science fiction is is there something that you have seen in science fiction that you can't wait to be scientific fact and not just fiction oh. i yeah i want to know what science fiction oh. you were dreaming of coming to life there's a million of them, but the one that immediately yeah. came to mind was transporters. No I way. Mean, Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Like to not have to like spend time in a vehicle from point A to point B and yeah. all of the dangers that are involved. Just to be able to instantly be move from, from where you are to the place you need to be and be able to, whether it's relationships or learning or or creating change, whatever it is, that one is hands down. I, I I'm not sure that it has a real possibility of ever happening, but boy, I sure hope it does. Did you say that was yours as well? Yeah, I mean, it's better than like a flying car or something, right? Because you can get you can get there Absolutely. instantly. Yeah. But you know, every yeah. time I start dreaming about that science fiction becoming science fact, I think about the movie The Fly as they are working <laughs> on that like transporter thing and Jeff Goldblum oh, yeah. becoming the, the fly yeah. or, or all those transporter accidents on Star Trek where people get like put together or lost <laughs> for a century or something. I'm like, yeah, uh, maybe, maybe I can <laughs> in or, or in the plane for a little bit. Maybe, maybe it's okay. So uh, yeah, how about you, I, I would certainly want it. I certainly would want it to have a long track record before I partook in yeah, it. That's right. Yes, yes. You're going to be a McCoy for a while. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not getting in a transporter. Damn it, Jim. <laughs> Damn it, Jim. Uh, you can't make me do it, Jim. <laughs> okay, Mark, you have a question for me? You're going to make me look stupid I here? I didn't steal I all of them. I only stole you two of them. You did not. You did not. And the one that I most wanted to ask you, you left alone. So I appreciate that very much. So at the final, like at the end of episode six, mm -hmm. Loki walks out on the bridge to the time loom without a suit and is perfectly fine without it. Uh -huh. 
Uh-huh. Why didn't he do that instead of putting Victor Timely through all the crap he put him through? Yeah, that is a very good question because this is this comes after OB has shut down the the protocols that allow magic uh, because no. uh, that was a whole big thing. Should I, if I <laughs> reboot the system, it's gonna allow magic. Reboot the system, <laughs> and so that was that was my question throughout. As I saw him, not just not just walk out there, but transform into his yes. glorious self with his horns mm-hmm. and and all of the all of the things. And uh, I thought to myself, hmm, seems like he could have saved himself centuries of <laughs> <laughs> of all of this extra effort uh, going right. out there. Uh, I, I suppose the answer is he just uh, he just uh, wasn't ready, Mark, to <laughs> to go out and live into his glorious purpose. What do you think? Do you have a do you have a solution for why I that don't really why have that a solution? I think I think I don't. I, like I have to kind of rig in a solution to make it make yeah. some. Like I mean, uh, I've got two. One of them's less probable. One is that he wasn't sure, but he ended up at a place that he was willing to try. Like, he wasn't sure that he'd survive it, yeah. but he was already at the point that he was willing to sacrifice. So he said, mm. I don't know. And the other one is related to it. Like, I think he was willing to make the risk because of all those centuries of learning. And he went, oh, wait a minute. Maybe my magical being will protect this. And that would be the other fool is that he did figure out during that time of centuries and centuries of learning and exploring that he finally realized, oh, wait a minute. My being a magical God, you know, uh, semi God, I'm impervious to this stuff and I could just, I can make this happen now. But I don't, I mean, that's working too hard. That's working too hard. been able to like time slip. Like if he had gone out, even like in a suit, put the suit on or something. And he's like, oh no, I'm like, I'm getting all the rays and things. I'm gonna. Couldn't he have just like time slipped back? If you, I don't. Know. Right. I would. Who knows? Who knows? It was a little weird moment when it was happening. I was like, "Oh, this is amazing. This is so fantastic." Wait a minute. Why didn't he already do that? Wait. <laughs> I'm just. He must be immensely more patient than me. I can tell you, I would go through that whole loop of things like twice, and I would be like. <laughs> This is enough. Like I'm just going out there. I can't. I can't. I'm not doing this again. I, I don't care That's where fair. I have to. I was. I was literally tired just watching him do this. I thought this is this episode is so exhausting. It was, it was so well done though. The way that that he he would like. Yes, I know. I'm about to steal your job. Oh, don't do that. It's going to fall off the the pathway. You know. I, I love the little things that put in there. It was so much fun. It was a lot of fun. It was fun. It was fun. Oh, and this this episode has been fun, Mark. It's been fun to talk Absolutely. about Loki, and I love whenever we can revisit shows, and so we can kind of look at a season at a time or start yeah. at the beginning and come back. Um, so that's been fun, and so Loki's fun. always fun. I hope we get this uh, season three, of course. But absolutely, we're going to talk about something else next week. Do you have any yes. ideas what we should talk about? I tell you, man, uh, one of my favorite favorite movies growing up was Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. There was a, already been a, a reboot of that, and it was okay. But I just it didn't. But there's a new reboot of Willy uh-huh. Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and at yep. least what I'm hearing is that it's got a kind of a clever new take and that it's really really good i think 
it feels like a Christmassy type of, you know, candy uh -huh. and chocolatiers. Yeah. It feels yeah. like the perfect movie to do before we take a Christmas break. What do you think? That sounds like a lot of fun. I'm imagining there could be some really fun cocktails with candy. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, I've, I not, I've been drinking not gone candy there cocktails and uh, I've been enjoying that. So like I'm, I'm in. I like I'm it. in. And I think Timothy Chalamet has already gotten a Golden Globe nomination for his role. I think so, yeah. As, recently, as Willy yeah. Wonka. So it, it ought to be incredible. Ought to be right? a lot of fun. Okay, so we'll do that next week. And then we've yeah. got to let you all know that this yeah. is. Next week's show is going to be our last show of the year. We're going to take the couple weeks off for the end of the year. And then the first yes. show of 2024, we're going to start off right. Because, yeah. Mark, you're coming to San Diego. We've got, I will we've be got there a, where you are, man. Yes, yes. And that means we can do a live show. So that Which is only happens always twice so a much year, more man. fun. Only oh, twice it. a year. It is so much more fun. It is so much easier to have the banter mm -hmm. to the back and forth. And uh, there's just a new energy that comes uh, with being in the same space that you're in, man. So I am, I am beyond psyched. But we, what the question is, what show should we do? You know, there's I lots thinking, of stuff coming up over Christmas, man. There is. I, I was thinking, Mark. Uh, yeah. I we haven't talked about a DC movie in a while, and the big DC movie right, coming yeah. out oh, is. Yeah aquaman and so Perfect. i thought maybe it'd be fun to do aquaman so with you. aquaman and we'll do it on a sunday yes. uh, on january 7th and we'll do it a live show from a bar Perfect. in san diego yeah. does that sound good yeah as long as you make sure that they got somebody who can just keep bringing me drinks i just want okay to, I, yes I, that I, worked I, out pretty I, well I, last time i i, I think yeah, we one had like five maybe drinks. Uh, more than we would normally time. have in the course of a show, for sure. Well, maybe. <laughs> it, it was a lot easier when we didn't have to mix them up. Like That's when, true. Uh, when we were doing well, the While we're taking a quick break and doing a quick little <laughs> yeah. drink. <laughs> yeah, whenever someone, yeah, bring me more. That's more, fair. more. No, that's, fair. that's very Okay, fair. all right. So next week we'll talk about uh, Willy Wonka, and then we'll see you all on January 7th for Aquaman. Thanks for joining us today on the Moonshine Jesus Show. Moonshine Jesus, no sky. Moonshine Jesus.